1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks, I'm Eric Name, joining me as always is my good friend Frank Madden, and bringing you today's episode is SeatGeek, our friends at SeatGeek have a great promo code that you can use, it's L-O-N-B-A, again L-O-N-B-A, and that'll get you a $20 rebate on your first SeatGeek purchase, and again, you can always use the promo code for your first time, and then if you don't, if you've already used it, whatever it may be, you can go to CK anyways, because they always have great deals on tickets, and they're the best place to go for that. So, Frank, it is uh, Saturday afternoon, and we're hanging out talking Milwaukee Bucks, and the biggest of news dropped uh, here at the end of the week, Spencer. Huge, huge Big, news. big news. Um, Spencer Hawes will not be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks next season, and he will be reportedly be stretched as well. Uh, so the Bucks decided to waive Spencer Hawes and then stretch him over the next three seasons. Uh, you are... I was going to say our resident cap nerd. You're just the internet's resident cap nerd. Um, so give me give me some details on that and kind of what that all means.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I think we've I'm, our regular listeners will will know that we we've talked about the potential move that of of stretching Spencer Hawes pretty much all summer. That this was always sort of the safety valve move. Um, you know, we can we can be pretty certain that the Bucks tried to make other moves prior to this one. Uh eight thirty one was the deadline as we alluded to last week um for stretching a player for the who has one year left uh on their contract and, and having been able to stretch it over multiple years. So um you know again stretching allows you to take the remaining uh number on his, on that you owe the guy. You're still gonna have to pay it out, but um basically do you stretch that cap hit over one year you can choose to do it over, you know, one year or you know Basically, with with Haas, one year, or you could do it over two times one plus one. Um, If a guy has two years left on his deal, you can do it two times two plus one over five years, et cetera. So that's sort of the rule. And eight thirty one was the deadline for being able to stretch it over multiple years for guys who had just one year left on their contract. So, you know, basically the Bucks spent all summer trying to figure out, you know, ways to move other guys. Presumably, I mean, John Henson is a good example, right? Like, you know, if I'm sure if they could have moved John Henson for, you know, basically nothing. I'm guessing they probably would have done that at this point, given the amount owed on his deal uh, and the fact that he obviously has not been able to carve out a, a meaningful part of the rotation. And obviously, he's he's pretty far down the peck, the pecking order right now. Even if uh, Greg Monroe may not be here that much longer either. So, long story short, um, whatever the Bucks might have tried to do otherwise to get under the tax level, um, you know, as we mentioned, they were about 1.4 million over the tax with the 15 guys on their roster coming into Thursday, uh, and by stretching. Spencer Haas, he's owed six million dollars this year, divide that by three, it's two million for the next three years instead. So this year you reduce your cap number by four million, and so you go from being about one point four million. Over the tax to 2.6 million under the tax, and you open up a roster spot. So, you know, the basic math is, you know, uh, if you just look at the cap numbers we have in front of us that are kind of known publicly, um, that would leave the Bucks with about two and a half million dollars that they could go spend on a free agent. They do have their uh, their mid-level exception available to to spend that amount. If they wanted to, they could spend more if they wanted to as well. But, um, yeah, now they have some flexibility. They could go spend that money. They could also still waive Gary Payton the second. He's got a 1.3 million dollar non guaranteed deal, so um, you know again, if you wanted to to add two players, you could uh, waive Gary Payton, and then you'd have around four million to to work with under the luxury tax. So um, so they open up some flexibility, and again, the cost is uh, two million dollars of additional cap hit over the next two years. Um, and I know a lot of I think a lot of the discussion I think on Twitter about this move was you know about sort of what led the Bucks to be in this predicament, because obviously you you never want to have to stretch a guy to get under the tag, especially with a team like this, which is not competing for a championship right now, at least. You'd obviously wish you more flexibility. Um, lots of jokes about John Horst referring to himself as a salary app kind of expert from his introductory press conference, um, but again, um, I think you can kind of break this out into, you know, the the what got us here, which really starts with probably the Miles Plumlee deal, which is how Spencer Hawes became a Buck, um, and then the secondary question of, you know, playing it as it lies, you know, on Thursday was this the best
1: move for the Bucks? I don't know what I mean. What, how would you kind of think about those two questions? Um, I'm trying. To, I guess this is kind of always the thing we saw. Coming um, just because the Bucks would have moved something if they could have moved something, right? Like I, I don't think that's really that's really a question. Like if they could have moved John Henson, I mean Greg Monroe in the past, like whatever it may be. If they could have moved one of those deals, I feel like they would have done that. Um, and I, I guess to me, this just signals that there's probably not really many teams or any teams that. Are just going to take on money um, and they're certainly not going to just take on a John Henson for nothing. Uh, so if you do want to clear some money, you're going to have to pay for it. Um, and, and I think that's an uncomfortable position uh, to be in. So I guess ultimately stretching Hawes probably feels like a move that hurts you less than attaching of first-round pick to John Henson to get him to move. Um, I just think that's probably the spot we're in. Um, As far as as whether or not it makes sense, um, I know there was kind of the idea that you could have done some other things, and I know you've mentioned on Twitter before where you could do some other mechanics to try to get under the the luxury tax and uh you could have gone into the season with spencer haas on the roster uh and try to find a deal during that time you could have done a number of those things but i think ultimately this probably gives them a little bit more flexibility at this very moment um so I think, obviously, you've in the past talked a lot about Jet and bringing Jason Terry back uh, to fill that last spot. I think that would be a move I would be a fan of. Um, I'm sure there's still some free agents on the market that maybe you could go after, but uh, to me it just seems like Jet is there uh Every time the Bucks have a good team, they they seem to have veterans, and then they tend to get rid of said veterans. Uh, so I, I think I would, I think it'd be a good sign for this team to go out and sign Jason Terry. And I understand that some people will always want a bigger move and a guy that maybe has a chance to hit and become a, a rotation player for years to come. And like I get all of that, but. I think there is a certain amount of value to bringing Jason Terry back from a leadership standpoint. And also, Jet was just good last year. Um, He he was, as much as uh, I, I think both of us were critical of his use early in the season, he ended up being very helpful for the team. So... Um, Man, seeing all that dead money, like looking at the cap sheet you have uh, put together for everyone, like just looking at that Spencer Hawes and Larry Sanders money, like just sitting there really, uh, really hurts. Um, but we've talked about this Bucks team and the space they don't have <laughs> going forward. Uh, there's, there's not going to be cap space next summer um that that's not going to exist uh so they were ready in a spot where it, it was pretty bad so does adding two million hurt that much next summer probably not but dead money sucks it just sucks yeah i mean you
0: know the you can trace this back really i mean haas was obviously acquired along with roy hibbard in in the deal for miles plumley and you know Having two million on the books the the next three years is a lot better than having twelve and a half million of Miles Plumley for the next three years. So, yeah. um, you know, for one, I think you look back on that deal and um, you know the, the crappiness of the original signing um, is nearly offset by the uh, I don't know I don't know what you call the the way that John Hammond and company Jedi mind tricked uh, Michael Jordan and Rich Cho and and company into taking Miles Plumley. For, for expiring contracts last, uh, I guess it was December, I think that deal was made. So, yeah. um, you know, they, do, you know, man, the original signing, I mean, we, we talked about it, you know, for much of the last year, right? Like bidding against no one basically to give Miles Plumley such a long term deal when you had um, multiple other centers on the roster. I mean, I, I'd be curious to know what the likelihood they thought at the time was that they were going to be able to move Greg Monroe. You know, I, I don't think they, you know, in hindsight, probably realized that they were not going to move Greg Monroe, you know, just looking at, at the amount of money they had in Henson, looking at the amount of money they had, um, then in Plumlee and then obviously having drafted Thon Maker, who maybe they didn't think was going to be ready right away. But, um, I mean, if you thought you were going to keep Greg Monroe and you still do that, (laughs) that Plumlee deal, I mean, then it makes it even dumber. I mean, it was, Obviously, a, a bad move, a bad signing initially to give up that amount of money for him in the first place. But you know, especially if you you didn't think you're going to move Greg Monroe, and obviously that that's not you know they didn't move Greg Monroe. So, um, you know that that's obviously the the tisk tisk sort of you know slap on the wrist. Um, you know, hindsight uh, issue from the, in the, in the kind of grand scheme of things was, was giving all that money to Plumley, Um, and in the grand scheme also, you'd probably feel pretty lucky that, you know, you got away with now just having a couple million cap hit the next couple of years. And, you know, I think the other piece of this is, um, you know, looking at it, I mean, Haas was, you know, again, as you said, I'm sure they, looked at trying to get rid of John Henson. I'm sure they looked at trying to get rid of Mirza Toledovich, and, you know, there just weren't really options, especially in this cap environment, to have somebody just absorb him, especially now at the end of the summer when all all the, you know, for the most part, you know, other than teams like, I think, the Bulls and and Sixers, I'm not sure if there's really any team that could even really make a move for either of those guys, even if for some reason they wanted to. Um, So at this point, you know, you'd probably be looking at other kind of moves to, to shave salaries, you know, trading, you know, and I have no idea if the, if they was given me an option, but you know, could you trade John Henson for Iman Shumpert or something like that, right? Like another guy who's got a pretty big salary yeah. that's maybe slightly less um, than John Henson, but again, Shumpert also has fewer years. So you know, does a team like the Cavs really want Henson and his contract? I mean, who knows, right? So, um, so I think there w- certainly are options that the Bucks could have had if they wanted to move Haws in the season, um, but. You know, as you alluded to, I mean, then you're taking on risk, right? Like, um, do you want to bet on the fact that at the trade deadline, you're going to be able to move Spencer Hawes to the Sixers or Bulls uh, in order for them to kind of play that, you know, the game like we saw with Hibbert last year where they basically get to the salary cap floor by taking on that deal, but only pay a little bit extra because, you know, most of the season is already gone. I mean, I, I don't think you can just assume that option is going to be there. So, um, you know, again, especially if you want to make use of those end of your roster spots, um, Haas doesn't really provide any value in a world when, where you already have Monroe maker and Henson. So, um, he's the obvious guy that if you could get rid of, you'd, you'd want to get rid of him. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's totally fair to, to complain about sort of the circumstances that got us to, uh, Thursday when this decision had to be made. Um, but honestly, even when you look at the situation, um, I mean, again, we've talked about, you know, teams don't – team teams should not tr- – you know, teams should avoid – the luxury tax, right? There's a lot of value in avoiding the luxury tax. You you miss out on luxury tax distributions. Um, you know, as part of the pool of money. Um, you know, if you're above the apron, you you also have other limitations. You know, in terms of uh, trades and and things like that. So I mean, there's value in in you know you don't want to get a a million dollars over the luxury tax and and be stuck doing that. It's just it's just not a good idea. Um, so I think in the grand scheme of things, I, you know, I mean, this is why I always talked about it. I would have done that if there was no other option on the table, and we can say, well. The Bucks should go find some option for, for doing it, but you know I don't know what that would have been. So, um, so I thought it, it was you know it's a defensible move, um, and you know we can talk about some of the guys you mentioned. Jet uh, Dante Cunningham combo forward uh, who's spent time with the Wolves and Pelicans the last couple few seasons. Uh, he was mentioned uh, by Darren Wolfson from up uh, in Minnesota, citing Milt Newton, the Bucks' new assistant GM, who was in Minnesota. His relationship with Dante Cunningham, um, you know, he's a guy who yeah he's a legit nba player you can play give you some rotation minutes especially uh with jabari out you know compete with tj wilson and mirza for backup three four minutes um and then we obviously had that group of guys that came in last week for the free agent workout so um you know there's some guys out there that i think makes more sense especially fit wise than spencer haas um and again it's not ideal um but you know you look at 2018 2019 you know what does the extra two million dollars mean um as you said, I mean, 2018 right now, um, you know, again, and things can always happen, but uh, you're not really looking at having cap space next summer because you've got about 93 million in committed money, including your first round pick. I'm assuming you're around the 20th spot in the draft. And on top of that, um, and I'm also including uh, Rashad Vaughn's team option, which maybe they don't pick up. We'll see. Uh, They got until the end of October to decide that. Um, But the big variable is Jabari Parker has a $20 million cap hold next summer. And so, um, likely unless you, you know, Jabari Parker leaves or uh, something else happens, um, you're adding that number onto the 93 million. And at that point you're well over, um, the product projected, uh, salary cap of around 102 million for next year. So the Bucks are probably, you know, they have a fair bit of cushion, uh, under the luxury tax next summer. So that's at least good so I don't I, I don't think we'll be having the same conversation next summer especially given that jabari probably obviously is likely not in line for a max contract um, given how sort of the the market seems to be evolving and teams like the nets are are have seemingly already sacrificed Max Caproom next summer, but um, they're going to be kind of in that in-between period where they, you know, will likely have their mid-level exception, which will probably be a little close to to 9 million next summer, but likely not going to have much more. And, um, you know, again, uh, as long as Jabari's, you know, being held and and potentially there uh you know if you sign him for anything basically uh you're not really going to have any any cap room. even if you even if you gave him just the qualifying offer which will likely be around four million due to him not playing uh, meeting starter criteria next year you still wouldn't have real cap space i think even without um even if without that two million dollar cap hit um 2019 might be a little different um because then you have more guys coming off the books you have Mirza coming off the books um maybe at that point you know henson's gone uh, but you have Chris Middleton with an almost twenty million dollar cap hole that year if he opts out and and kind of other things going on. So, um, so yeah, again, you never want to add money long term that you know you don't want to. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking about it's being short sighted. But I mean, again, um, I, I don't think this is the thing that keeps the Bucks from being you know a championship team in twenty nineteen or something like that. Um, I think again, it's trying to get again a, a good team this year which also I think has a lot of value right and yeah, I don't think it's uh, you know just some completely short sighted thing we talk about wanting to put a good team around Giannis and really starting to build momentum for this franchise and again I think uh, I think this is part of that so again not ideal but um, for me I think it's just a defensible move.
1: What is ideal though Frank is SeatGeek they have the best deals uh, they, they are not worried about short sighted decisions any Decision you make at SeatGeek is a great decision because you're going to get a great deal. And you're going to get a great deal because they go everywhere else. They find all the websites, they find all the tickets, and then they put them in one easy place, throw it on the app, and you can see everything right there. Uh, You can see the green dots. Those are going to be your best deals, and the bigger they are, the better the deal. So it grades everything. It lets you know if you're getting a good deal. It's just an incredible product and obviously one that I use all the time when I'm searching for tickets. And uh, we're kind of in that spot where NBA is a month and a half away. MLB playoffs are going are gonna get started another month. The NFL is starting next week, so there are a bunch of reasons to go to SeatGeek. And when you go to SeatGeek, you should use our promo code, and it's very easy to use. All you have to do is download the app, then go to the settings tab. Under the settings tab, go to enter a promo code. Enter a promo code LONBA. Again, that's L O. N-B-A for Locked On NBA, and that'll get you a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So go and use that today. And like I said, if you've already used it, you can still get great deals at SeatGeek because they are going to find the best tickets and they're going to put them all in one simple place, and that is SeatGeek. And I think the question now, I mean... Obviously,
0: releasing Haws means that you have one roster spot, but I kind of view this as really more of a decision about what you're gonna do with your last two spots because again, Gary Payton is non guaranteed. Um, he's obviously a guy who you know you saw a little bit of last year. We saw him in summer league. Um, I think he's twenty four going on twenty five so he's obviously an older. You know he, he isn't that experienced from an NBA perspective, but he's an older prospect. Um, I think you've talked about maybe not being very sold on the idea of Gary Payton being a, a value add player for the Milwaukee Bucks or, or really any NBA team, given just the lack of you know kind of typical point guard skills, lack of perimeter skills that that he has. Um, so I, I think it's interesting to look at that. Um, and and kind of one other thing we I know we've talked about as well. Um, you know before the Haas move, um, you know the there was sort of this question: well, if the Bucks had given Tony Snell, you know, basically forty-seven thousand dollars less as a starting salary. They could have just dumped Gary Payton and, and been under the luxury tax. Um, a, a couple, kind of, I guess, asterisks to that. I think one thing that we haven't really talked about at all is is potential bonuses um, that are uh, that some of the Bucks players have. Yep. Um, and John Henson, we know John Henson does. We know Tony Snell does. I believe Malcolm Brogdon does as well. Um, and typically, there's like likely bonuses, which are ones that like basically a guy is already. Sort of live up to, which which generally are, are already sort of factored into um, the the numbers you see on a cap sheet. And there are other ones that are categorized as unlikely, but you know, again, for young players or players stepping into new roles, um, might be ones that they actually you know would be expected to hit. And and so again, the forty seven k, that's sort of the you know again, if you look at it and you ignore bonuses, things like that, that's um, that that's you know that's a number you could have gotten down to the luxury tax uh, with fourteen guys. Right. Uh, if you had done that but then your 14th guy effectively is Spencer Hawes and you have no 15th guy um instead obviously what the Bucks have done is you know sort of kicked the can down the road with some of the money they'd owed Hawes um and they obviously have more breathing room with any of those options, any of those bonuses hit. Um, you know, they, as long as they sign a guy to like, for instance, a couple of like minimum contracts, they're going to have plenty of buffer there. It's a standard luxury tax. And, um, you know, again, uh, the cap hit for a guy like jet, even if his official salary would be something on the order of like 2.3 million, um, the bucks would actually only pay about 1.4, 1.5 million of that just because the league actually uh, subsidizes uh Players who who are, are basically past their their second year, so they don't basically. Uh, even though veterans get more money than younger players on minimum deals, uh, they don't want. You know, I think we have mentioned before they don't want teams to avoid signing veterans because of that. So the cap hit is is a bit lower. So, um, so anyway, I mean, yeah, I, I think everybody knows. You mentioned Jet. Um, I think everybody at this point knows. I, I would again also be in favor <laughs> of bringing Jet back. Um, you know, this is still a very young roster. Um, you know, you, you lose Michael Beasley, effectively replace him with DJ Wilson. You had Sterling Brown as well. Um, you know, again, this is a team that, uh, you know, and now Spencer Haw's gone. Uh, it's obviously a team that doesn't have much veteran influence. You mentioned, you know, the the past with the Bucks. I mean, whether it's, you know, get, we're getting rid of Scott Williams back in, uh, what was it, 01 or 02, uh, you know, after the fear of the deer run, getting rid of Kirk Thomas and Jerry Stackhouse, um, getting rid of Zaza and Jared Dudley after that run a couple of years ago. I mean, it's just sort of a recurring theme that the Bucks just sort of say, oh, OK, thanks veteran guy you know we're good now or we'll we'll just have our young guys and and they'll they'll handle it or the coaches will handle whatever whatever the the leadership void will be filled however it will be filled um and it, we've just seen time over time after time that just doesn't happen for whatever reason for whatever reason and granted I think this Bucks team is more talented than a lot of those teams or pretty much all those teams um but uh, again I I think there is value in having Jet um as a locker room guy and as you said I mean he he fills his role, you know, I mean, uh, he stays in his lane and he makes three pointers and he works hard enough on defense that he's not a complete liability. Uh, And again, uh, you know, there's a lot of young guys who would give a guy like him a run for his money. And I would love nothing more than for Sterling Brown and order Rashad Vaughn to make Jason Terry not, you know, earn, you know, seventeen or eighteen minutes a game or whatever he got last year. Um and you would hope that Jason Kidd would not overplay him the way he often did or play him too too long of stretches. But um you know, I mean the numbers showed. I mean, the Bucks didn't seem to really get hurt by, by that jet was, you know, one of their leaders and plus minus, and, you know, I mean, just look back to that, you know, that crazy game, which was in some ways, a microcosm, the last game of the season against Toronto, where he was part of that crazy comeback. And, you know, somehow there's that veteran juju or whatever, like helped, uh, help bring the bucks back. So, um, on the court, off the court, I, I think he does bring something to, to the table. Um, I'd be happy to see jet back. Um, but I'd also be happy to see them, you know, drop Peyton probably. And, um, maybe look at you know other options I mean Dante Cunningham if you get him for a minimum deal um that would be that would be great probably relative to you know your other options and um I don't know I don't know if there are any other guys that you saw in that that free agent workout last week that um you thought would potentially fit in but you know certainly some interesting names there I, I don't know I, I wouldn't expect any of those guys to really be big value at but as sort of random flyer guys there's certainly some guys there that that could make some sense as well
1: yeah and I think the The interesting thing here is that, obviously, when there's an open roster spot, people's uh, imagination, their imaginations tend to run wild. Like, oh, you could send this guy or get this guy. Um, And I guess, to me, it's just kind of a spot where this person is not going to be in your top eight, maybe not even your top nine, maybe not even your top ten as far as players on the roster, just because of the talent that goes along with being a minimum guy and being a guy that's still a free agent on September 2nd. Like, there's just going to be a certain level of play in those players. And I think what you're trying to get there is value in those roles. So how do you have value in a 10 to 15 spot on the roster? Well, I think one way is veteran leadership, a, a guy that understands things, a guy that can help lead the team, a guy that can uh, do something for your team without being on the floor. Um, so I, I think that's a big reason why Jet is there. And then I also think it's important that that person isn't a problem. Like If you're in spots 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 on the roster, you also probably need to be okay with not playing a lot. And maybe you need to be okay with every five games getting a chance and, and that being the extent of it. So again, that's why I think a guy like Jet just works. Like he, maybe he will play more than that. Um, and obviously, Jason liked to use him quite a bit last year. Uh, so maybe he does play more than that. But he just fills those things and isn't going to be a problem. And can actually contribute something without scoring a bunch of points, grabbing a bunch of rebounds, doing those things. So um, I, I just think guys like that make a lot of sense. Uh, you mentioned the workout. Maybe there's someone on that. On that list, I don't even know who I like most (laughs) Uh, out of all those guys. Maybe there's one of those guys that uh, you could get rid of and put there. Um, But yeah, like you mentioned, I'm I'm very much not sold on Glove Junior. I I just don't know if. he, could, he might be an NBA player, but I don't know if he's an NBA player for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, just because of his fit and uh, the things he does well, cutting, being athletic, uh, and playing good defense. Well, I don't even know he plays good defense. Having the potential to play good defense, let's say. Uh, those things are nice, but ultimately overlap with some of the stuff Giannis does, and I just don't know if he'd ever be a good fit here. So... Uh, I don't know if they end up cutting him or if they just use this last roster spot to sign Jet or someone else. But um, if you do that, I, I think if you do get jet, I, I think the big thing that you're pushing into the season is continuity and having a number of players around that were there last year. And uh, as you said in our last podcast, if that's the case, then things should go well. everyone should understand the offense, everyone should understand the defense, and you should be able to flow well right at the start of the season uh, and be able to execute those things. So uh, a a number of the excuses that you could use for a lot of teams won't be there. So this team better be good uh, if if they bring back almost their entire roster from last year
0: yeah I mean you look at it and and the only new faces would be your your two draft picks basically right um, which um, would be be pretty remarkable and obviously the turn style offseason approach has been pretty common in milwaukee over the last decade um it seems like you know there was always just like the one random guy who always like ursan never seemed to leave uh and (laughs) and now it's john henson never (laughs) never seems to never seems to to leave um but obviously i think carrying over and again i mean it's it's you know it's like it's that fine line between you you don't want to just assume that the guys you have can forever carry you to, you know, the promised land and, and that is just a matter of putting it in cruise control. But, um, by the same token, I mean, there, there was an interesting article, Ben Falk, who's a great follow on Twitter. Um, used to work for the Sixers and I think Blazers, um, and, uh, has a, has a really good website. Um, check him out. I think it's Ben C. Falk on, uh, on Twitter, um, has a website cleaning the glass, um, which is great, really great off season reading material, um, you know, the, the, it's just kind of tough with, with these, um, with this teams and and the continuity and and kind of decisions you make. And, um, you know, again, I I think for the Bucks, it's just, I I just want to say, I'd like to see what this team is. I'd like to see them also take a chance on something if they can, you know, I mean, that's why we talked about Kyrie and, you know, why it was worth thinking about it. Right. Like, you know, I think you, you mentioned, right. Like every time, the Bucks a lot of times there's like a subset of people who, you know, every time people think about trying to move any of the Bucks assets, it's you know, looking at the worst side of what could happen with the guys you'd be trading for. And it's like, well, you know, okay, but then if the Bucks just never do anything, then you gotta be okay with what happens, right? Yep. Um and uh, I think that's just a that, that's just like sort of the nature of of um of of how you have to kind of view this stuff. And and um Ben had a good article on the Oklahoma City Thunder and how they never spend money on outside free agents. They they don't. I mean, Patrick Patterson, their big offseason standing, They didn't spend any money on him. He, yeah. he spent very little on him. And you know, that was I think the I think that was actually the I want to say that was the most money the Thunder have spent on an outside free yeah. agent under the Presti in the Presti era. And obviously, part of that is well, they've drafted so well they haven't had to. But you know, newsflash, that's that's kind of how you have to do this. And everybody worrying that you're not. You know, you're, oh well, we're going to have less cap space because of Spencer Hawes being signed. Well, guess what? Like y- you're not gonna. Odds are, find some. You know that extra two million is probably not going to be the thing that, that puts you over the top. And it's hard to, to find that value um, in, in free agency the way we always have because it's just that's not where the market efficiency is. So um, so anyway, it's it's a kind of a, a constant question. And I think we we always talk about people who you know again we you want cap flexibility. That's always something to strive for. But to think that it's something to strive for because then you're just going to go solve all your problems with a you know a big free agent signing. I mean, uh, unfortunately, that's that's not really realistic for the Bucks next couple of years anyway. Um, but. I don't know I don't know if it makes anybody feel better, but guess what this is why all all people do is complain about free agent signings in the first place generally because yep. it's, it's really hard to get value that way so um, again, you want flexibility, but you also have to be careful that you don't just you know put your put your eggs in the basket of oh I'm gonna have twelve million in cash base and it's gonna solve all my problems
1: yeah it, it is a bit of a i don't even know it, it's i don't want to say a fallacy but it, it is something that I think Everyone kind of dreams about uh, about all the the possibilities, but there there are still a, a number of things that you have to do right once you have that cap space. Um, so it, just a, uh, I, I, it's it, this move isn't all that interesting, um, but the conversation that you can kind of have off of it, um, and kind of how we got to this point where spencer Hawes needed to be stretched and uh how that may affect the future like i think all of that can be a, a little bit interesting but this move isn't maybe all that exciting um in something that that we saw coming but um i think that's gonna be it for us for today sorry we kind of put it in a saturday at a weird time but hopefully uh you'll be able to enjoy it on the weekend long labor day weekend uh everyone be safe out there enjoy yourselves uh Big thanks to SeatGeek for sponsoring this episode. Use the promo code LONBA. Again, that's LONBA for Locked on NBA for a $20 rebate on your first Geek purchase. For Frank Mann, this has been Eric Name, and this has been Locked on Bucks.